Hey everyone, this is Dave Dubow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, all the way from beautiful Brampton, Ontario, we've got Mark Baltazar coming in. And Mark is a an experienced multifamily investor. And the reason I'm really excited about talking with Mark is because of the size of properties that he focuses on. So they're not the real small multifamily, so he's not looking at duplexes, triplexes, fiveplexes, and it's not the huge big ones that just seem too out of reach for, for most folks. He's focusing on properties from 12 to 20 units. I'm really excited about that because my impression is, you know, that's big enough to start getting a really good bang for your buck and small enough that you're not having to compete for properties with REITs and the real big guys. So I think it's kind of a, a really nice sweet spot. So Mark, welcome to the call. Yeah, thank you. Very excited to be on the call and really appreciate you hosting me. And you had some really great guests. I, f- I follow your show, I listen to your show. So oh, well, thanks really for- honored, honored to be a part of it. Thank you. So hopefully I didn't steal too much of your thunder there, but that's kind of gets into my first question for you is why do you like to focus or what are the big benefits of focusing on this size of properties like the 12 to 20 unit type mm-hmm. properties? Yeah. When I started, so I started investing five and a half years ago. I didn't start in multifamily. I started with, you know, in fact, my first foray was going to be wholesaling. That wholesale deal turned into a flip. And then I started holding some properties along the way. So a few duplexes, I had, you know, fourplex was was as large as I went. And, you know, my background is, you know, a business owner, I ran a, a consulting business for, for a number of years. And so, you know, business valuation and, and, and financials kind of always made sense to me. And I think the light bulb went off for me for apartment buildings, really because of the way it gets, it gets evaluated, the way they get appraised and the way lenders value them and the way, you know, value is created, which is, you know, primarily through income versus a comparable approach such as single family. And so I felt that as an investor, as an operator, you have a little more control in terms of what you can do from a valuation standpoint you know, the simple, you know, the simple math is just increased net operating income and the value of your building goes up. Not so simple to execute all the time, but that's essentially kind of what we're doing is increasing net operating income to generate, you know, higher returns. Well, that's awesome, Mark. So again, for folks that aren't super familiar with the difference between single family homes and multifamily properties. So what Mark was saying is, you know, typically for a single family home, the value of that property is based on whatever similar type properties have sold for recently in that area. There's mm-hmm. really, that, that's about as logical as that gets. And, and unfortunately, in the residential market, you know, single family home market, a lot of the value is, is based on emotion, right? It's, it's what's going on in the economy, what's, what's happening, you know, what's with the local real estate market like. So that's why, you know, you see property prices going up drastically one year and then going down quite a bit another year in, in mm-hmm. different markets yeah. versus multifamily properties. It's a much more logical valuation. The banks look at these kind of properties as almost like a little business unit. So the way that they're really valued is quite frankly on how profitable the properties are, how much cash they're spitting out. So the cool thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, what you're doing is you're finding these, multifamily properties, kind of small to medium-sized mm-hmm. multifamilies, 12 to 20 doors, that are underperforming, 
perhaps the rents aren't where they should be, perhaps they're being mismanaged, perhaps there's some deferred maintenance, perhaps all three of the above, and you're able to go in there and buy them for a, a pretty decent low price because the value is based on how profitable they are and they probably aren't very profitable. And then you guys go in and turn around and make them more profitable and increase the value. Is, is that the gist yeah. of it? Yeah, that's it. It's, you know, the, the value add approach. And yeah, I liken, liken it to, you know, a business acquiring another one. You know, they're acquiring it for a few different reasons, but acquiring it, you know, let's say an underperforming business, you know, putting in a new management team, developing new operational systems, just making it a better or well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once it starts spitting out kind of new, you know, more cash then you know, reaping the rewards from that, in a, you know, whether it's a, through a refinance or selling it, you know, it's cash flowing a little bit better. The interesting thing, and this is not the case across all markets in Canada, but at least in, in Southern Ontario, I know for sure, you know, while they're underperforming, they're not always undervalued from a pricing mm-hmm. standpoint. So it There's is fairly, so much demand for these things. There's a lot of demand, right? So you are, you know, I guess technically, quote unquote, overpaying, you know, for it at the time of acquisition. And you're, you're essentially, you know, buying the upside. So you're paying a little bit more because there's upside available if you can extract it. And so it is an interesting kind of strategy, you know, whereas in single family home, you know, undervalued typically is you're trying, you know, you, you can maybe get it at a price that's below what it may get on an open market from a private standpoint. In apartment buildings, undervalued, you're almost paying a premium for things that are undermanaged because of the upside. Yeah, I guess that depends on the markets you're looking at because I've seen, I've spoken to investors across the country and Mm -hmm. my God, I was just talking to one, uh, actually one of my clients Mm -hmm. who was able to pick one up now. It's in a smaller town in in Alberta, so the economy's shaky, right? But I yeah. can't it was ridiculous. It was like twenty grand a door or something. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. That's crazy. And and with owner financing kind of wow. stuff too. So, wow. so but yeah, I mean you're if you're focusing on southern Ontario, yeah. That whole Windsor to to Quebec corridor there, I believe last time I heard that's where eighty percent of the population is, and that's where eighty percent of the multifamily properties in Canada are located. So so you got a lot of competition for those kind of properties, I would imagine. Yeah. Absolutely. Like even the last, you know, I have one under contract now, 12 units that's closing at, you know, in next month in July. But prior to that, you know, put offers on, you know, putting offers, you know, quite frequently, the last three offers, we, you know, it was multiples, multiple offers. And we knew at least one or two and other investors, you know, that were bidding for the same project. So, you know, small community, you know, from an apartment building standpoint, but it just shows the, you know, how competitive it is in this market. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. So you get into these properties, you're not necessarily getting a great deal going in. So really for you and your investor partners, you have to go in and turn around pretty quickly. So what do you typically, maybe, maybe just to give us an idea, can you walk us through an example of a deal that you've done in the last few years? And, you know, what was the what was the purchase price? What did you do to it? What were you able to, if you were able to increase the value enough to refinance it? How mm-hmm. how does that kind of look or what does your model look like? Yeah. So I can speak to one that, you know, was acquired two years ago or so, okay. or actually just, just a little under two years. 14 so about 2018, years. sometime in 2018? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Towards the end of 2018, a 14 unit building 
we're actually coming up to a refine. So we did a short term mortgage. So kind of a bridge, some bridge financing for two years to allow us to turn over units. That 14 unit building were turned over four. We're about to get into probably five or six before the end of the refi. And, and so just kind of from a, a financial standpoint, that building was purchased for 1.7 million. And the average rents at the time were 780 or so per unit, which is, you know, this is, this is in Hamilton, so fairly low. And we're converting, those are one bedrooms. It's 12 ones, two twos bedrooms. One bedrooms in that area, we've already kind of reached what the market max, I think, is, which is about 1,400. Wow, so well, that's huge. That's that's almost double what they're yeah. getting rented out for. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some units that are you know where tenants are paying six eighty, seven fifty. Some are nine hundred on average across the fourteen units. It was about seven eighty. So we're kind of moving that up to fourteen hundred, and so the value lift is massive. And so we've done. So by the time we refinance, which is in a few months, we'll have six done, which provides a significant amount of equity for us to pull back out. So what do you think the valuation will be when you're ready to refinance, you know, realistically speaking? Yeah. So we're probably looking at, we're probably looking at 1.7. So probably a 2.2, 2.3 million. Yeah. So you could be increasing the value by five or $600,000 yeah. on this property just by, well, I don't know. Did you have to do any major renovations to those six units that you've that you've yes. turned over? Oh. Yeah, yes. So we did. So this building is about 50, almost 60 years old. So, you know, it's, you know, it's been, it's been through a few decades. Most of the, I say all the units need a significant renovation. And so our renovation package for that particular property, you know, is costing us anywhere, depending on the unit, they're very similar, about $33,000 per unit. And then that's giving us, so in a unit that's that was traditionally being rented for let's say 750 or 800 and getting that lift to 1400 it's giving us you know a valuation lift of about 150 to 160,000 so we're spending you know 30,000 to kind of make you know 160 or net 130 kind of on the back end so you know i know i know some models you know are are $15,000 renovations some are more this one for 30,000 we're able to get the 1400 even 1450 we're actually toying with right now in terms of market rents well, I mean, who wouldn't do that? If you can put thirty grand, thirty-three grand in, and create one hundred and thirty thousand in increased value, that's pretty sweet. That's yeah, pretty sweet. and I think it's it was one of the components of multifamily that I really you know, understood, but also I think where the light bulb went off is you know you put a dollar in or you increase you know your net operating income by one dollar, your valuation is a multiple of that depending on which market you're in. In this, in the market I'm speaking of. The valuation, you know, from a lender standpoint is about at a 5% cap. So every increase in NOI of $1, we're getting a 20 times, you know, multiple on that. And so whether it's 20 times or even 15 times, like it's still, you know, it's a pretty significant lift based yeah, on. So what you're saying is you increase your net operating income by a buck, that increases the value of the property by 20 bucks. That's right. Exactly. Right? That's, that's. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. There aren't too many other investments where you can get that kind of leverage. That's that's awesome. So, yeah. Mark, yeah. Mm-hmm. time flies when we're having fun. We got about four minutes left here, sure. my friend. So, just out of curiosity, what are you guys doing to find these deals? Are are you 
Are you relying primarily on commercial agents? Are you using agents and, you know, beating the bushes yourselves to try and find some private deals? How do you guys get your deal flow? Yeah. So it's primarily through a network of, of agents. Okay. So we, you know, so I have a partner in the business and we've looked at, so again, my, my background was, was flipping and I, and I bought, you know, I'd buy private deals all the time. I marketed myself for motivated sellers and that worked. And so that kind of, you know, I had that system kind of going. I still, and I still have that going. In this case, we haven't really spent a lot of resources in going direct to seller because our network to the brokers is very strong. And so they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And so we're tapping into a, you know, fairly strong, you know, agent slash broker network in the multifamily apartment space. And so that's where we get, you know, that's, I mean, these are typically kind of quote unquote off market. So they don't hit the MLS, but they do get traded within, you know, the network of the guy like pocket buildings. listing, kind of like that's pocket right. listings for commercial. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Very, very cool. And then, okay, so it's you and your partner and you've been doing this for a number of years now. Obviously, you're working with investor partners to help get the capital for these kind of deals. What have you found? What have you guys found that works best for you for finding investors and raising capital and staying out of trouble with the Securities Commission? Yeah, yeah, that's good. (laughs) Good question. So a lot of our early partners from a capital standpoint came from those who had invested with me before from, you know, flips. Friends and family kind of stuff. Yeah. Easy transition. Yeah. And then my background's marketing. So I ran kind of a a branding, you know, strategy agency for a number of years. And so I kind of understand the concept of content and, you know, Mm -hmm. push and pull marketing. So we put out a lot of content, you know, a lot of free webinars and really is for education, kind of putting it out there. That allows us to build a database an email database that we then continue to put education out to from there people ask us do you you know do you have deals or if we're looking for partners on some of these deals it really is a quick email to someone that's you know been engaged with us over the last number of years and so it becomes an easier yes now you know it's not it's not a cold call they know who we are they've watched us you know in our last project we've had a few investors that have literally kind of and I can see you know through in our email system, how long they've been with us and how many webinars they've kind of seen. And they've seen a lot. They've seen, you know, three years worth of content, right? And, you know, now, you know, in fact, the pandemic and just the volatility of the stock market is really kind of what triggered, oh, I better put my money into something safer. Exactly. Yeah. We've kind of, you know, educated and trained them to believe, which we believe that this asset class can help do so. So, it's a combination of content marketing really is a big part of how we're attracting partners. Yeah, that's smart. So basically you're, you've created all this content, you've created a list of people, and then you keep that communication going. Yeah. Again, that marketing background, right? So you're creating that relationship over time so that people get to know you, like you and trust you. And they see that you guys are a good choice when it comes to investing their money. One more question before we wrap up and let people know how to get, how to get a hold of you, Mark. How do you guys typically structure a deal, you know, ownership wise when you're working with investor partners? Let's say, for example, that one point seven million dollar property. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you needed, you know, twenty twenty five percent down property transfer fees. You needed money for for getting studies done, and then you need capital as well to do the renos. In a nutshell, how do you guys structure that kind of a deal? Sure. 
So we've evolved over the last few properties. That one in particular was a joint venture agreement. The purchase was done through my own capital and my managing partner's capital. And then we we brought in people afterwards. Into like the a, perhaps not a, like, is our, like a second mortgage type thing after the fact? Or? We did second mortgage. And then we also had other people that just wanted to partner in the project. And so we kind of did JVs afterwards. Now in our most recent deals and this most recent one that we're, we're closing on, we're setting up a corporation and our capital partners as with us are shareholders in that, in that corporation. So kind of more of a corporate structure that we've created. Got it. And is everybody having to help qualify for the financing or do you, you and your partner qualify? How does, how does that just out of curiosity, how do you typically work that way? So just myself and my operating partners qualify for the mortgage couple things it's easier that way versus you know trying to collect financial information from a number of people also there's some capital partners that just don't want to you know showcase their their financials right and it's kind of you know more of a headache so so we're qualifying so we're only getting into things where myself and my partner can qualify for and then you know so we'll take that burden off of our capital partners we're doing kind of all the heavy lifting and for our capital partners it's really just hands-free for them you know and kind of sit back and collect checks. That's the way it should be. All yeah. right, Mark. So I know you guys are starting also to, to teach and train people mm-hmm. uh, or coach people about investing in, in multifamily properties. If people want to find out more about you and about that, what should they do? Sure. Yeah, they can go to our website, uh, peakmultifamily.ca. We, know we have our webinars there. We have our coaching you know, program outline there. Lots of free information, blog posts, and all of our contact information is there. Great stuff. Mark, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dave. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.